Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a weekend edition. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm thrilled that you found me, but more importantly, I am thrilled that you found Jesus. You know, friends, there is power in the name of Jesus, and as we journey together, we'll unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. So I hope that you'll consider joining me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you do have a question, please make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Once again, that's pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, this weekend, I've got to tell you, this edition is uh, very timely. It's all about peace, and peace is a blessing from God. And so let me ask you this question right off the bat. Are you able to imagine what a peace-filled life would look like? One where a sense of calm prevails, free of strife, free of worry or discord. Your relationships are all harmonious and God is present within. Well, this is what God's people desire. So why does it often elude us? Peace is ushered into a person's heart by way of grace, and grace is the attitude of God. And if we're going to be peaceful, we must understand how our minds work, what shapes our actions. The recesses of our being have hidden treasures to be unearthed, but we have the responsibility to take the time and the pickaxe and perform the excavation. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, we're promised that you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. And we can never avoid strife in the world around us, but we can fix our thoughts on God. We can know perfect peace even within turmoil. And as we focus our mind on God and his word, we become steady and stable. We're always supported by God's love and his steady right hand that guides us within his mighty power. And we're not easily shaken by the chaos that surrounds us. So the key to peace is to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus and our thoughts upon him in faith at all times. And this kind of peace is ours to claim even among all of life's commotion. And one of the nine fruits of the Spirit is peace. And as believers, we produce fruit in our lives spontaneously with the Holy Spirit's help. Now, these fruits are representative of character traits that are found in the nature of Christ. Peace is a byproduct of Jesus's control. Without the help of Jesus, peace escapes us. The only way to have sustainable and lasting peace is to adjoin our life with Jesus's. And it's necessary that we know and love Jesus. We must remember all he has done for us, being grateful and willing to profess it to him. And when we imitate his ways, more of his peace will cover our lives. 
And we find in John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, that Jesus gives us the recipe for abiding peace or for continuing along in peace. He says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So sometimes people misunderstand what fruit means. It's more than soul winning for the kingdom of God. We learn in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 that one fruit is that of peace. It's a virtue or a byproduct of living for God. We obtain it when we allow the Holy Spirit to control our life. And fruit is also defined as the visible expression of power working inwardly and invisibly. And what about the peace that comes upon us after we've been disciplined? Well, the Word of God clearly states that God disciplines those that He loves. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, it's put this way, No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It is painful. But afterward, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So once again, I would ask you to ask yourself this question. Who loves this child more, the father who allows the child to do what will harm him, or the one who corrects, trains, and even punishes the child to help him learn what is right? Being corrected and disciplined by our God is never pleasant, and yet he disciplines us because he cares and he loves us. To say or do nothing is to fail as any authority figure, specifically our Father. We should learn to see correction as proof of his love. Being grateful is our appropriate response toward a loving Father. This discipline turns into the fruit of righteousness. After the correction, we have God's approval. Therefore, we produce peaceable fruit that's willing to yield to others. And in James chapter 3, verse 18, he further substantiates how we come by peace honorably. He says those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. A tree is identified by the type of fruit it produces. Our wisdom can be evaluated by the way that we act. Wisdom leads us to deep peace. So ask yourself these questions and test how wise you are. Are you tempted to escalate conflict? Do you pass on gossip? Or do you fan the fire of discord? What then are the seeds of peace? Their winsome speech that's carefully thought out before speaking, or the wise and loving words we choose for the occasion that we're speaking. And God loves the peacemakers. He, as we reviewed this in a previous podcast, but in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 in the Beatitudes, it, Jesus says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Being a peacemaker should be a standard of our conduct as God's children. This type of peacemaker sets the standard, enjoying a supernatural calm amid chaos and the ability to bring harmony to divided factions. So right now, I'd like to pray for peace in our daily activities over all of us.
Dearest God, open our hearts to be at peace amidst chaos. Place your shield of faith and calm around all of us. Teach us to live above our circumstances and to soar on the wings of eagles. May we always discern your will and truth for our lives. Keep us focused on what we can control in our present day situations. Allow us to always have the vision to perceive the good. Remind us to leave our egos at the curbside as we step up, reaching out to you in humility. Let our light illuminate the lights of others and help us, Lord, to be peaceable with all men. Amen. And friends, what subjugates our peace? When our flesh has not been crucified, we speak foolishly, giving no regard for the ramifications. And yet in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 28, it states that even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he's considered perceptive. So why does our flesh disregard the wisdom from our mind? and our heart. Well, here's why. Our human nature is the one calling the shots. This is when we're carnally minded, so so to speak. In other words, controlled by animal appetites as opposed to the spirit of God directing us. The flesh is only a part of who we are. It's the weaker element in our human nature. It's been referred to as the unregenerated state of man or the seed of sin. And whatever we call it, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, according to the book of Romans. The Apostle Paul divided people into two categories, those who let themselves be controlled by their sinful nature and those who follow after the Holy Spirit. If Jesus had not offered us a way out, we would all fall into the first category. But once we said yes to Jesus, we should willingly stick to him like glue because his ways bring us life and peace. Every day we must recalibrate and center ourselves to focus on the one thing that matters in life and that is on Jesus. We must use our Bible as it was designed It's our instruction manual for how to do this life. And if you're old enough, you may remember back in the 1990s, the phrase, what would Jesus do or WWJD? It became very popular. But the question stemmed from a book authored by Charles Sheldon in the early 1900s that was entitled, In His Steps, What Would Jesus Do? And this question is pre-programmed on the inside of us now. The Holy Spirit will unequivocally provide us with what would Jesus do every time we will get quiet and allow the answer to come forth from within. These are times when we have a deep-seated peace in our spirits and we just have a knowing that can't be explained. This is the Holy Spirit telling us what is right and we have peace. And have you ever asked how to give back to God for all of the blessings he's given to you? Well, one thing God likes is when we take time to pray for him. That's right, praying for God. Jesus intercedes for us all of the time, but are we interceding for him? So the next time you're seeking to dial up your peace, try it. You won't be sorry. We also 
give God gifts when we extend peace to his creation. This in turn blesses us in a reciprocal fashion as peace is boomeranged back to us. What we seek in life, we must be willing to give out first. And when we're blessed by a sermon from one of God's children, we need to thank God for them and pray over them for his peace and protection. So allow me to read Romans chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, and then we'll break it apart, unpacking it, getting to the heart of it. It says, Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also share his new life. You may have read these verses many times before, yet they're the foundation for all believers. The power of sin died on the cross with Jesus. Our old sinful nature is no more. It was put to death with Jesus, meaning that we're freed from its power over us. Our old sin-loving nature was inherited through Adam, but our new nature is in us through Christ. And through our faith, though it's in Jesus, we stand acquitted or not guilty before God. No longer do we need to stand or sit under sin's power. While we may wonder why God leaves us in the world with free will allowing us to sometimes miss the mark and sin, the difference is now we can choose to live for Jesus. We're no longer bound to and slaves of sin in our old nature. And as believers, we never have to fear death. Our new position needs to be one of peace. In all of our activities, we may experience God's peace that surpasses all understanding. The psalmist declared in one translation, Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. When we begin to examine what peace means in our lives, we find out that peace is not loud. It doesn't need to shout. If it's at all possible, we, God's chosen believers and children, are called to live with one another peaceably. We're told to repay no one evil for evil. Not only is this a spiritual law, it's also one of common sense. If we choose to perpetuate further evil for evil, the cycle would continue to bloom. Soon we would see a super bloom among the nations, and this is one way we add value unto the world in which we live. We spread Jesus' love. This is having a regard for the good things in God's sight. We're told not to take things personally. One reason for this stems back to spiritual warfare and the undercurrent of this continuous battle against God's people. False teachers claim they know God, they claim to be wise, but they will not concede to the power of eternal life hinging on the facts of God's beloved Son and His shed blood at the cross of Calvary for you and for me. 
Churches or ministers who do not profess Jesus as Lord are missing the mark. This leads people away from Jesus and into darkness and confusion. There is only one way to eternal life, my friends. Letting others be is one way we can remain in peace. We do not have to worry or be concerned with their true motives. We can rest in the assurance that God sees and knows all. This will keep us out of sin through speculation or gossip. And one way to be wise is through our fear and reverence of God. And when I say fear, I'm meaning our following his leading and promptings in our lives. When we have the spirit of wisdom operating within our lives, we're wise and can be secure in determining what is right in God's eyes. Wisdom and peace brings righteousness to man through Jesus' unveiling love. As believers, we're God's righteousness through Christ Jesus. In other words, we're approved and acceptable to God because of what his son Jesus did for us on the cross at Calvary. Wisdom reveals truth and evil. Wisdom ushers in a foundation of joy, of peace, prosperity, and perpetuity, success in all areas of life, and even helps us in circumstantial happiness. Ultimately, though, wisdom and peace are subsistence for our souls. Wisdom is the greatest soul cleaner that we have. And the psalmist says in Psalm 124, God delivers us from those who seek to destroy us. God is on the side of those who seek him. Therefore, we have many reasons to read the Psalms. When we're looking for comfort and peace, we read usually Psalm 23. God is depicted as a caring shepherd and a dependable guide. We must follow God and obey his commands. He is our only hope for eternal life and security. When we look at the words David uses to convey God's provision for us, it's no wonder David was in awe of our almighty God. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He lets me rest. He leads me. He renews my, he guides me, honor, overflow, unfailing love, house of the Lord. These are all descriptive words that he said. And when we utilize the Psalms the way God intended and praise God for being our creator, our sustainer, and our redeemer, we're recognizing God's greatness by appreciating it and expressing it. The more we will keep our attention upon God, the more he will reveal himself to us and we can rest in his unfailing peace and love. Here's a bonafide tried and true tip for remaining in peace. Don't show up to every argument that you've been invited to. Simply recognize the thief for who he is. John chapter 10 verse 10 paints his purpose with this brushstroke. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. When we're living in Jesus' peace, we're living life on a higher plane because of his forgiveness, love, and guidance. The gifts we receive from Jesus are not the ones we receive in and from the world. These gifts cannot be purchased. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus told his disciples, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. 
And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. Sin, fear, uncertainty, doubt, and countless other forces are competing and at war within us. The peace of God moves into our hearts and lives to restrain these hostile forces and offer comfort in place of conflict. Jesus is willing to give us that peace as long as we accept it from him. The end result of the Holy Spirit's work within our lives is deep and lasting peace. Unlike worldly peace, which is usually defined as the absence of conflict, This peace is confident assurance in any circumstance. With Jesus' peace, we have no reason to fear the present or the future. If your life is stress-filled, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with Jesus' peace. The Apostle Paul tells us that if we want more peace, we're to pray more. So have you ever asked, why is God's peace different from the world's peace? Here's why. The world's peace comes from positive thinking, incantations, fake it until you make it strategies. But God's peace comes from a knowing that God is in complete control. We know that we are citizens of a a most high God and that we belong to a heavenly kingdom. We're just passing through this temporal life like that of water which fills the oceans but doesn't have need to stop and drink. Our future eternal destiny is set in Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done for us, we have already secured the triumph over sin and defeat. Our job is to allow God's peace to guard us against worldly anxiety that the devil attempts to saddle us with. Specifically, Paul tells us, Two, don't worry about anything. And I like this because he says anything, not some things, most things. No, he says, don't worry about anything. And then he goes on and tells us to do this instead. Pray about everything. So we're told not to worry about anything and instead pray about everything. God wants to hear all that concerns us, ails us in our life. And all means all. So the upcoming appointment, what our work week looks like, how our neighbors are doing in their health challenges, what we're thinking about making for dinner, how our kids are doing. I'm talking about all things, the small things, as well as the bigger things too. So tell God what you need. Truthfully, he already knows what we need. I mean, he's God, right? Right. But there is power when we speak it to him. He not only is our Abba, our Father, our friend, our mighty counselor, he is said to stick closer than a brother because he loves us and he wants to give us the desires of our heart when they're in alignment with his will for our life. And then we're to thank him for all he has done. When we're thankful, we need to say so. And we need to tell Jesus about the gratitude housed deep within our heart. Paul says that if we will do this, we will experience God's peace. This is a Bible promise. Paul goes on to tell us that God's peace is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. 
So one more way in addition to praying, confessing our needs and desires and being grateful is also to fix our thoughts on what is true, honorable and right. We're to think on purpose about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Thinking on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. By pulling all of these keys together and placing them into practice, the God of peace will be with us all. And so friends, if you don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus at this point, or maybe you did at one time, but that has grown cold, then I would invite you today to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not elsewhere. So simply pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus after me. Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the past, present, and future sins of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved today and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so that he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And consider getting into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other like-minded believers who will edify your new faith or your, your uh, rediscovered faith. Now, let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you've ever made. God bless you and congratulations. And one of Priest Aaron's contributions he left is this benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast airs on Wednesdays when we're not involved in a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love and action looks like, and many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So consider joining me and make some new friends. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. And you know, friends, much of today's podcast was referencing my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you certainly can pick up a book Uh, from my website, and that would be at pampastorcopywriting.com, or you can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or even Dorrance.com, the publisher. But more importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, please write to me. I want to find a way to get a free copy into your hands. And if you know anyone who would benefit from this information as well, be a blessing to them and share, share it with them. Until next time, be blessed and remember the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen.